Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 582 with a review of Queen and Slim. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, we've already released a review of Ford v. Ferrari, a review of Dark Waters, and now we're getting into a review of Queen and Slim. Um, so this is a film that uh, obviously deals with some pretty heavy subject matter, um, which is sort of like the setup um, for this entire film. Um, generally, we start episodes off with some banter back and forth, joking around a lot about a lot of stuff. Maybe it doesn't feel right for this episode. Yeah. Um, so for now, we're going to forgo that. We're going to go ahead and just play the trailer, and then we're going to come back and give you a review of Queen and Slim. Can I ask you something? What took you so long to respond to me? I sent you a very well-crafted message three weeks ago. And today, out of the blue, you hit me up asking if you want to grab dinner. What changed? I didn't feel like being alone. Not tonight. So you turned to Tinder. So what happens tonight? Did you think we were going to have sex? Nah, look at you. No. I thought we were going to hang out, maybe get to know each other. Field execute a turn signal back there. Go ahead and ask you to step out of the vehicle for me. Could you please hurry up? What did you say? It's just cold. Get on the ground! Keep your hands where I can see Why is he under arrest? What is your badge number? Chill! Just chill! I'm reaching for my cell phone! Now let's go. When the other brother away, the other mother you stay. Cop killers! Cop killers! It was self-defense. We didn't the black money and class. Keep the city breaking and everybody shaking up your state. How you gonna outrun the police? We don't have to outrun them. We just have to make sure they don't know where we are. This is Kentucky, my friend. There's a war going on out there. Are you welcome this into our home? Is this y'all? Y'all really gave us something to believe in. We need the death for real. Let them go! They got them black panthers. Power to the people. All we can do is go forward. There is nothing back there for us. Let's just keep going. What if God wanted me to die and I messed up his plan? I don't think that's what he wanted. How you know? I just think you were meant to be here. I'm scared. It's all right. I'll be brave enough for the both of us. I'm taking you dancing. Let's go. You're willing to risk getting caught so we can dance? Hell yeah. Don't worry. You're safe here. I just want to let you know that I'm okay and that I love you. I want a guy to show me myself. I want him to love me so deeply. I'm not afraid to show him how ugly I can be. Thank you for bringing us this far. Thank you for this journey. Police! No matter how it ends. What do you want? I want to ride or die. Can I be your legacy? You already are. All right. Uh, so Queen and Slim is the story of two uh, young folks who are on a sort of not going well first date. Um, they met over Tinder and uh, on a uh, on their drive home from the restaurant, they are pulled over by a white police officer. The two individuals in the car are black. An altercation ensues and... Um, Police officer is killed during the altercation, and these two go on the run, and it is sort of the story of them sort of trying to work together to escape uh, law enforcement, and uh, sort of the reaction to the people in the surrounding areas to the event that took place, and sort of the experience they have as they try to run from 
this bad date. <laughs> um, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Queen and Slim? I was pretty surprised by this movie. So I'll, I'll preface by saying that I was very, very, very much anticipating Queen and Slim. And I think it's because what the trailer largely sold me on was a a mood kind of. It was a certain vibe of like people on the road and a heavily textured, kind of heavily stylized view of escape, of longing, of getting away. And like it, I, there are a lot of movies that I feel like have hit that for me in the past. Like American Honey is one. Um, I'm sure there are others that are maybe a little bit more fitting of the themes of this film. But basically, I I was imagining a movie that was going to be just like really heavily, heavily stylized, kind of like being about the feeling of these two characters getting away. And for the most part, as the movie began, that was not the case. This movie was much more straightforward than I expected. It was much more kind of plotty. And for the first maybe hour or two, it had a little bit more humor than I was expecting. And I I didn't quite know what to do with it, right? Because I I was ready to see Queen and Slim's journey as a kind of, like, grand abstract view of, like, the longing to escape oppression in America and escape all of these bonds and just go away with someone, right? And what I was getting instead was much more literal than that, Um But as the film goes on, it gets more and more kind of impressionistic. I think it gets progressively more beautiful uh, the longer they drive and the sunnier the weather that they go through is. Um, But I also realize this is a movie that is kind of closer to The Last Black Man in San Francisco. And what I mean by that is in while discussing like a very real issue, like very heavy themes um, about being black in America and about the the difficulties that you can face. It has a bunch of very kind of eclectic characters that show up throughout the movie. Um, most notably is an uncle character who is kind of the first point that Queen and Slim go to on their journey. And plot-wise, I don't know what to make of him at all, right? It's a kind of a strange pit stop. The interactions they have are very fraught and heavy. But Style-wise, it's kind of this splash of, like, interesting, like, neon colors and weird mind-bending. Like, we're in the middle of this very chaotic thing, but we are on one stop in a journey where for, like, a few hours, that's not going to matter. And it's going to be about this separate detour instead. And I feel like that really set the tone for the rest of the movie, where they kind of are going from, from place to place. And they're ruminating on what does it mean to be on the run? What does it mean to still live here? What is freedom? What are we looking for in the end? And I I feel like it culminated in a movie that was actually very beautiful anyway, but it wasn't the movie I thought it was going to be. It wasn't the kind of straightforward, emotional, heartstring, tuggy movie that like I canonically go for in, in the spoiler warning. Yeah. Um, it, it was more prickly than that. It, it was doing a lot more interesting things. Um, I think nowhere is that more clear than in a scene where They've met a young boy. I'm not going to say more than that, but they interact with someone. And then later there's a montage that's cross-cutting between Queen and Slim as they are continued on their journey on another <laughs> on another pit stop um, and a riot taking place somewhere else. Yeah. And the decisions that happen in that riot and the way they choose to still paint those two things anyway, it, it it's kind of purposely lobbing a wrench in this mythologizing... Um, there, there's like a grand mythology that you want to have in this Bonnie and Clyde story of like the two people who are on the run and finally it's going to be for pure intentions. It's going to be, you know, 
only good. It isn't just going to be people who were, you know, thieves like Bonnie and Clyde were. This is going to be like a story of Americana and a story of heroes. And just when you think it's going to do that, it it purposely complicates it a lot more. And I feel like in, in the end, this is a movie that is very complicated and it's it's more puzzling than I expected it to be. It isn't quite as just gorgeous from frame to frame, but it does build to something that I thought was really, really moving and interesting. And um, yeah, in, in the end, I was really happy I went on the journey because I think a the acting is great. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, I think this is the first time I've seen him really play a kind of very grounded, down-to-earth character. He He's still in extraordinary circumstances, right? <laughs> like he is in other movies, but he is more of a human here than I feel like I've seen him before. Um, and it was nice to see him kind of open up to someone else. And uh, I really like Jodie Turner-Smith, uh, the girl he's with too, who kind of is flipping the normal Bonnie and Clyde role where the the male character is usually the one who is kind of like, I'm the person of action. I'm the one who's calling the shots. Do it. Don't think. Just go. And in this case, she kind of is flipping the narrative around in a way that I like. So I think they sell it really well. And I think it's a really pretty film. But it it's a lot more difficult than I was expecting. So I, I still haven't totally wrapped my head around it. I, th- I think it's a super, super interesting movie to watch. But it isn't the beautiful escape movie that I was maybe setting up for. Yeah. I think for me, the journey I went on with this film started like long before the film came out. Like I, the trailer, as you said, like it sells this one thing. And I think the film is going to primarily about this, be about this one thing. And I was like, I was ready for anything, right? Like I was like, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know where the themes are going to end up in the story. I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see this. But I was like aware that we were going to have to review it, <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't know how. Like, it's gonna, it, it might be very difficult film to review. And I think over the course of this film, I, I settled on the fact that this film isn't fully interested in exploring all of the ideas it's bringing up. It's using them as the backdrop to tell another story. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, <laughs> I went from being timid about the way I was going to have to handle what it was trying to do to suddenly being like, oh, well, it's not even trying to force me to deal with that stuff. So now I'm just judging it for being a film that seems to be failing at what I think it wants to do, which I'm clearly wrong about. (laughs) So I think that my experience seeing this film was hindered by my preparation for the weight that it didn't bring to me, the viewer. Um, I think that there, there, are, there are kind of two separate stories this film is telling. One is the state of our, the country that we live in and the killing of you know, black people by white police officers getting away with it and the dread of just the experience of interacting with cops in general. And the other story that it wants to tell is what if two people who clearly should not be together are forced to be together through extraordinary circumstances can they come to support and maybe even love one another mm-hmm. because they are the only steady thing that they can like it's it's this it's this sort of fanciful beautiful story of the worst state ever becoming a legacy yeah yeah <laughs> i mean they're bonded by tragedy basically yeah so so it's two separate stories and i think that 
the film is weaker on both ends for having trying to bring along the other one. And I think that any time that I want to see what it's going to say about what it's trying to do, I'm ripped back to the other side of the story in a way that doesn't always feel connected. And sometimes while the filmmaker is attempting to connect them, I feel disconnected mm. because I don't know what they're trying to do with the scene that you referenced earlier. Yeah. And I don't understand the purpose of what it's doing. But I think for me, too, one of the things that let me down the most about this story is it feels like it's not brave enough to let our heroes do bad things. Um, clearly, <laughs> the the way the like to me, what I expected was the the police stop would be completely obvious that. It was self-defense, and that was the only way that they could have escaped. Mm -hmm. And that through their attempts to run, they would become more and more gray in their actions, and their need to survive would cause them to do things they would have never done. Which would be more of the Bonnie and Clyde story, yeah. where like they do become outlaws. But not only is this film not interested in doing that, it is specifically writing plot beats to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. So... Our, our our male lead is he's the most Christian. He has a car that literally says trust God on the license plate. He is straight edge. He doesn't do anything bad. And he is literally like the most upstanding citizen. And the person he's on a date with is literally like a, an attorney who argues to get people off of the thing that they are actively in. Mm. There are moments where they are in need of gas for their car. And the seeming only way that they can get gas for the car would be to commit a crime. <laughs> like, yeah. th th this film seems like at every step it can, it tries to make sure... It, it prevents these characters from doing anything actually bad ever outside of running, right? Their only crime is running away from the situation. Mm -hmm. And it tries to make the characters... The only thing we know about them is that they're good people before the start of this. Like, there's never a... Are they good? Are they bad? Like, it just feels like... The story feels like it is uninterested in trying to make you struggle with their actions. We never... We never go like, oh, okay, now I'm I'm not on their side anymore, right? You're, you're always like, yes, run, go, get away, please, make it. And I, I feel like if you want to tell a story that's centered in this subject matter, you should make the audience uncomfortable with how they are dealing with what you're presenting to them. And I feel like this film doesn't ever do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of just, I because of that, it was hard for me to fully get on board with the story because I always felt the strings of them not letting me worry about these characters in a way. Like, And then the biggest thing that I struggled with is our heroes never deal with the societal ramifications of their actions. We see them witnessing it, but they never comment on it. So to me, like... You can compare this to a film like Joker, right? Mm -hmm. Where a character takes an action in self-defense and a society responds in a way that that character, if they were like an upstanding citizen, <laughs> would not be stoked about them doing. But in Joker, 
he is off his medications and is dealing with some stuff and we don't he's not our hero he is a person doing a bad thing but we're watching this progression of him getting worse and worse and worse and causing this upheaval in society where he becomes the king of like everything that's bad right in this story there are also a bunch of bad things that happen because of their actions and they see it and never talk about it <laughs> and mm. the first they, they meet six different people, six groups of people over the course of this film. Three of them are related to the uncle and some not related to, but like they're, they are only seeing them because of something the uncle set in motion. Mm -hmm. So we know they support them because they're supporting through the uncle's initial action. The other three groups, one is like a caricature of a person who is like, yeah, I'm glad you guys did that. Are you guys in the Black Panthers? Like, it's, he, he's clearly supposed to, like, he's joking about having multiple girlfriends and right. the girlfriends aren't the kid's mother. Like, it's, it's played for laughs. And he's supposed to be, like, they are like, what the hell is this guy talking mm. about? The, he, uh, he was the character I had the most trouble with, by the way. That, that, that was the biggest wrench thrown in the story yeah. in terms of, okay, what, what are we doing with these interactions? Yeah. And... The ones going forward are very passive observers of them. So they are not, they are, quote, supporting them in that they're not going to turn them in. But they're also not like, they're like, we want you to have safe passage, but they're not like celebrating the actions or anything like that. And I just think that because we're not, I don't know, there's some, it's, just, it's hard for me to see why this story was told when it doesn't want to comment on those reactions, but it still shows us the audience to it. It's like, it's like the filmmakers are, they, they want us to deal with it, but mm -hmm. don't want the characters to deal with it. Yeah. I, I think that's true in a way. And I think it, so like the, the Bonnie and Clyde myth, right? Like anything about like two people on the run who get glorified by the media it's always kind of about other people's reactions and the stuff that they put on them and most movies about it feed into that where the people become really heightened right they become yeah. super glamorized versions of the actual ones and i feel like what this movie is doing like the choice that it made is to keep keep queen and slim as i'm not gonna say blank slates but mostly as people who don't they're not meaning to cause any of this, right? They they just want to survive. Yeah. Um, and it it is leaving it to the viewer in the sense that like other people's reactions are what snowball and become this big thing, but it becomes this kind of like quiet undercurrent of the movie rather than a thing that is often put in your face. Yeah. Um, but I think that is where the gray area lives, right? Like there's a scene in particular with with a kid in this movie where the choices that are made do not appear to have any justification, right? They are meant to put you in a very uncomfortable position. Um, and those, it, like, like it's an interesting move. It's like trying yeah. to keep them as more perfect or angelic or like they're not involved, but let's watch the world kind of like quietly destruct around them, but just give you enough of it to know that it's happening without really making it be the focus. I don't... I don't think that's letting us off the hook anymore, but it, it is an interesting tactic. Like, yeah. whereas the journey that Daniel Kaluuya and um, 
uh, Jody Turner Smith is that her name? I I lost the name already. Yeah, Jody <laughs> Turner Smith. Um, Daniel Kaluuya and Jody Turner Smith. Their journey is much more of a subtle, like a little one, right? Like he starts yeah. out as the perfect Christian and throughout the movie, he sees a little bit more of the gray, just a little bit, right? Yeah. Like he has a drink when he didn't drink before and he's... <laughs> and even even in that scene, he doesn't... It. If you somehow... If, like if you showed up late to the theater and you walked into that scene, when he takes the shot, there is no indication that that was a like desperate times call for desperate measures or anything. That's just a dude taking a shot, right? Yeah. I don't feel like you feel that transition of like, he literally never drank before this moment. <laughs> yeah. No, no, he is... The, yeah, so he is kind of... I, I've been trying to put my finger on what this movie is doing, and I think it's about... it. It is taking for granted the world that we live in, the world in particular that, you know, these characters have to live in. And... It becomes about bonding through hardship and yeah. about learning to care but still live and enjoy it in the hardship. And for them, you know, their literal hardship is very direct because they're being chased by police, right? Like they're outlaws, they're yeah. running, but they're still trying to find time to drink and enjoy life and get on a horse and like <laughs> do these fun kind yeah. of silly little things. But I think, I think the statement of the movie is more about like living in the backdrop of all this terribleness, right? Yeah. Like how do you find little bits of respite anyway? And so their journey, even though it's painted as this kind of grand thing, this grand symbol, what it really is, is them like just learning to find a little bit of hope and a little bit of joy and yeah. to relax a little bit in all of it. And I think that it's a counterintuitive move and it means there's like levers being played yeah. here where the the foreground drama versus their interactions, it, it's a hard balance. And I yeah. think it it doesn't always fit because there are moments early in the film where they're already having that balance when I'm still thinking, Jesus Christ, you should be panicking right now. Why yeah. are you making small talk, you know? But as the movie goes on, I, I feel like I kind of like clicked into what it was doing. And I I think it's really interesting in that respect, where it's about yeah. two people who are kind of, they're so shell-shocked and numb about what happened that their growth from now on is just warming up a little bit and having a kind of traditional love story as they decide to escape and let go of whatever things used to hold them back. So, and then the world is going to hell behind them. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I posed this to somebody, and uh, they said I was crazy. But do you think this story, that aspect of the story, could have been the same if after their first date there was an attempted mugging that resulted in the mugger being shot, and then they went on the run? Do you think the relationship aspect could have been exactly the same as it is now? Just it wouldn't be couched in this controversial, like, societal aspect that this film feels like it desperately wants to talk about. Maybe, um, but I, I think the relational needs the societal because I think the, I'm trying to think of a good example of another movie that has done something like this, where it's like learning to live amid this shitty world, right? And it has to be big enough to be about the world, right? Yeah. And, and so I think tying society into it is important. Even though, I, like, I think their romance could work 
on its own. But I think yeah. that, like, I think the cross-cutting scene I mentioned that that you also mentioned having some difficulty with, like, that is what the movie is doing, right? That that's to me the most distilled version of the movie's um, tone. Like, the movie's yeah. message is like we have this in the foreground, we have this in the background, both exist at the exact same time. How do you want to rectify them, right? And I, yeah, I, I have trouble imagining if it wasn't bringing such a, like, socially fraught idea into play. I, I don't know that the rest of it works the same way. Yeah. Because you don't want this to be, like... No, I, I don't know. I can't... <laughs> I know. It, it is, yeah. like... It goes back to my my feeling that, like, they never want anything to be gray for the mm -hmm. heroes. They want them to have always been in the right. And going to the most extreme at every point to show that they would never do anything wrong unless it was absolutely 100% necessary and there was no way to to uh to not yeah have that happen it just i i think i agree with that like i i think the movie could have thrown in a little bit more gray into their personal decisions and still been okay with it it really did steer into the they are always trying to make the the morally righteous decision yeah and they could have been a bit more like failure prone in their attempt to get away i i, I think i agree with that it, it didn't bother me in the moment but i can kind of see the argument for that even the gas station one <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know because the, the gas station one was a good example of like when i take the characters literally sure don't 100 percent understand it but the the scene that it allows to happen i thought was really interesting anyway so it's, it's the movie operating on those levels where it's like it is a narrative but it's also like a collection of moments that we want to happen yeah and that's the kind of experiential semi-absurd thing that makes me think of last black man in san francisco where it's like this is about real feelings and real people but when it needs to be it is gonna have a moment for a moment's sake instead yeah um but it, I, I feel you. I, I, I think that's actually a really interesting criticism of the movie. For for me, it was mostly the the humor dials. I felt like at the beginning, it was cranking them up higher than I felt like made sense, given that it that is when it should be the most intense and the most difficult. And I wanted to see them kind of like thaw over yeah. time. And instead, it front-loaded some of the comedic elements in a way that didn't make sense to me. Um, well, I think, too, part of the comedic elements are our awkward experience of seeing them like it's not funny to them yeah <laughs> it's funny to us right? right so i think that there's we laugh at their interactions because they are not good matches yep <laughs> um and then as it progresses it becomes less funny because they come to rely on on each other more and share like a, a camaraderie um or a, even deeper than that so yeah yeah, I agree. I I do just want to end with some praise, though. One, I think this is a very beautiful-looking film still. Like, I I love the—this is going to be another comparison point, but especially when it gets to, like, the Florida area, it reminded me of some of the best parts of Waves, like the, the feeling of, like— driving through like a sun-drenched area <laughs> driving and, with your head out the window yeah no no i mean it, <laughs> there there's some very overt similarities but there was just the 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 vibe too yeah that, that was kind of more what i wanted from the whole movie and i think it really starts to deliver in the end when they kind of reach the home stretch um 
it, it was interesting to see Flea play someone who's not racist for once. But that, that was a nice change <laughs> that of pace. That's funny. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it was even though it was doing something a bit more messy than what I was expecting, I, I feel like it had enough moments of really, really interesting and kind of odd, beautiful moments that I it, it worked on me anyway, just not in quite the same way I expected. Yeah, like I think the leads performances are fantastic. And even a number of the characters they interact with, there's great performances there too. I think beat to beat when I could dip completely into the story, I was on board for where I was going. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a film I hated by any means. This yeah. is just a film that I came in prepared and was like, oh, it, it's like if you studied, like you studied, oh, wait, this is a bad analogy, but like, it's like, imagine studying for a test and then coming into the test and then like the teacher's like, ah, I didn't really make the test this weekend. Mm-hmm. You guys can just have a free A. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, friggin' stayed up all night. Yeah. <laughs> and then now, now nothing. Yep. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it definitely is a movie that the this movie is not its trailer. Like the, the trailer yeah. is giving you a pretty different movie than the one yeah. that you get. There's a huge fucking misdirect too in the trailer, which mm. we can talk about off air because yes. we don't need a whole spoiler segment just to mention this. But yep, yeah. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts? Uh, pairs well with Badlands, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> nice, beautiful, Bonnie and Clyde-inspired movie. Way less likable characters. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get to our verdicts then. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm teetering between must-see and recommend with a caveat, but I'm, I'm tipping it to must-see anyway, just because it was such a kind of jarring movie and it was unlike anything else i saw this year it it didn't blow me over quite in the way that i would have wanted it to like i don't think this is going to be a top 10 movie for me this year but i'm still really happy it exists and it it still worked very well for me even though it surprised me in ways that i wasn't expecting which is the nature of surprising i guess (laughs) um hmm. i i'm just gonna give it a wait rental Mm -hmm. um it's I feel like you choose this backdrop for your film, make sure you do something with it um, and challenge the audience. And I didn't feel challenged by it. Um, and yeah, it pretty much everyone else on the planet likes it way more than I did. <laughs> I just came out of it feeling not like, not super stoked, like not mad. Just, I kind of was like, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I survived. It, it's definitely more of a riff on themes than it is like a direct story about the themes. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I feel. <laughs> so that is this review. Cool. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People could find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Queen and Slim, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, I think this is the end of our reviews that we're recording tonight, but there will be more coming soon. 
um, oh, as yeah. these trickle out. So uh, we'll see you soon. And uh, we're almost at the end of the year, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I was thinking that they was when they really ain't. It's my fault. I can't blame no one. If we take off now, we can catch the sun. Maybe watch it sit down. Let's get some rest.